greatly captivated Adelaida Ivanovna's fancy. Fyodor Pavlovich's position at the time made him especially eager for any such enterprise, for he was passionately anxious to make a career in one way or another. To attach himself to a good family and obtain a dowry was an alluring prospect. As for mutual love, it did not exist, apparently, either in the bride or in him, in spite of Adelaida Ivanovna's beauty. This was, perhaps, a unique case of the kind in the life of Fyodor Pavlovich, who was always of a voluptuous temper, and ready to run after any petticoat on the slightest encouragement. She seems to have been the only woman who made no particular appeal to his senses. Immediately after the elopement, Adelaide Ivanovna realised in a flash that she had no feeling for her husband but contempt. The marriage, accordingly, showed itself in its true colours with extraordinary rapidity. Although the family accepted the event pretty quickly and apportioned the runaway bride her dowry, the husband and wife began to lead a most disorderly life, and there were everlasting scenes between them. It was said that the young wife showed incomparably more generosity and dignity than Fyodor Pavlovich, who, as is now known, got hold of all her money, up to 25,000 roubles, as soon as she received it, so that those thousands were lost to her for ever. The little village and the rather fine townhouse which formed part of her dowry he did his utmost for a long time to transfer to his name by means of some deed of conveyance. He would probably have succeeded, merely from her moral fatigue and desire to get rid of him, and from the contempt and loathing he aroused by his persistent and shameless importunity. But... Fortunately, Adelaide Ivanovna's family intervened and circumvented his greediness. It is known for a fact that frequent fights took place between the husband and wife, but rumour had it that Fyodor Pavlovich did not beat his wife, but was beaten by her, for she was a hot-tempered, bold, dark-browed, impatient woman possessed of remarkable physical strength. Finally, she left the house and ran away from Fyodor Pavlovich with a destitute divinity student, leaving Dmitri, whom they called Mitya, a child of three years old, in her husband's hands. Immediately, Fyodor Pavlovich introduced a regular harem into the house and abandoned himself to orgies of drunkenness. In the intervals, he used to drive all over the province, complaining tearfully to each and all of Adelaide Ivanovna's having left him, going into details too disgraceful for a husband to mention in regard to his own married life. What seemed to gratify him and flatter his self-love most was to play the ridiculous part of the injured husband and to parade his woes with embellishments. "'One would think you'd got a promotion, Fyodor Pavlovich, "'you seem so pleased in spite of your sorrow,' scoffers said to him. "'Many even added that he was glad of a new comic part "'in which to play the buffoon, "'and that it was simply to make it funnier "'that he pretended to be unaware of his ludicrous position. "'But, who knows, it may have been simplicity. "'At last he succeeded in getting on the track of his runaway wife.' The poor woman turned out to be in Petersburg, where she had gone with her divinity student, and where she had thrown herself into a life of complete emancipation. Fyodor Pavlovich at once began bustling about, making preparations to go to Petersburg with what object he could not himself have said. He would perhaps have really gone, but having determined to do so, he felt at once entitled to fortify himself for the journey by another bout of reckless drinking. 
and just at that time his wife's family received the news of her death in Petersburg. She had died quite suddenly in a garret, according to one story, of typhus, or, as another version had it, of starvation. Fyodor Pavlovich was drunk when he heard of his wife's death, and the story is that he ran out into the street and began shouting with joy, raising his hands to heaven, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. But others say he wept without restraint like a little child, so much so that people were sorry for him, in spite of the repulsion he inspired. It is quite possible that both versions were true, that he rejoiced at his release, and at the same time, wept for her who released him. As a general rule, people, even the wicked, are much more naive and simple-hearted than we suppose. And we ourselves are, too. Chapter